Hi, Hannah. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. I'm uh, I'm sleepy. You're in your parents' basement, and I'm in their guest room. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for recording purposes, we are in different rooms in the same house. But uh, yeah, we're on holiday together. She has come and joined me in beautiful British Columbia in my hometown, Victoria. And uh, yeah, I, it's really fun to be driving around. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible heat wave right now. But we went and swam in a, a river today and had a really lovely time. Hannah, you know, we've talked about this already, that today we're not talking about something that we've done together on this holiday. We're going to talk about something that I did about two weeks ago uh, on a different or a different leg of the same trip when I was in Europe with my parents. Yes. Yes. And this is something where we both have a little bit of expertise because we're both people who are Canadians, but uh, German Canadians, right? So you are a, a German-Canadian dual national. I just have a one parent who was born in Germany uh, and who became a Canadian and gave up his German citizenship before he was born. So I don't get that, which is annoying, but whatever. Yeah. And so I was with my dad and also my mother visiting his sister who lives in the south of Germany and my cousins. And it was lovely. And these are people that I obviously don't get to see as much as I would like to because they live on the other side of an ocean and I don't like flying for climate reasons. But it was really fun. And they live in a really, really beautiful part of Germany in the in the Swabian, not Alps, but the Elbe, which is the same word as Alps, but they pronounce it with a B for whatever reason. Maybe you speak better German than I do because you're actually a citizen. Yeah, I should say for the record that my German family is from the west of Germany, although I do have family in the south now, and I I lived in Berlin. So yeah. my experience of Germany is quite different. Like the German culture I grew up with is quite different from the culture in the south because Germany is incredibly regional. Yeah, Germany is super, super regional, like most countries are, right? But the version of Germany that people think about usually with like the Umpapa and the Lederhosen, whatever, that's from Bavaria and some bordering regions of the South. And, you know, German culture in the North or the West or the East is different and has different flavors and different textures to it. But I want to talk about something that happens in the Southwest where my family lives, or this, this chunk of my family lives, because also, yeah, my dad grew up in near where your mom grew up in uh, the kind of the Northwest or the West part of Germany. And then his sister moved South as well. Um, I want to talk about May Day, which uh, I was lucky enough to be there for. And, uh, and I know you and I have talked about this where uh, your experience, well, tell people what your experience of German May Day was. So May Day in Germany is Labor Day, which is what it should be everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. And in Berlin, May Day was the day when people would do a riot. Right. The May Day I grew up with, I, I didn't grow up with a Maypole or any of this May Day celebration that you're about to tell us all about. I grew up with May Day being a night where certain parts of the city would just catch fire uh, for like radical leftist reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. You grew up throwing rocks at cops because you're a communist from Berlin. And my cousins grew up with a very different version of May Day, where it still kind of is Labor Day. But as you mentioned, they do have a maypole. And so like, this was fascinating to me. I didn't expect this at all. It was just sort of like, oh, yeah, no, well, we're walking through the village. And um, yes, and here, well, this is the the Maibaum, the May tree. 
what? Okay, somebody's prepping the the matri, and so I've got a photo of this. Maybe I'll put it up on social media, where uh, it is just a tree. Like somebody went up on so the went up on the hillside and cut down a tree. So the, the just for the geography, my my family lives in a string of villages. Uh, the yeah, grew up in one village, and then like the kids have moved to neighboring villages. Uh, between Stuttgart and Ulm, kind of in the the exurbs of Stuttgart, and uh, one of my cousins com- commutes into Stuttgart, and the other cousin's husband does, and like that's kind of the idea. But people still have, you know, their traditional things there. So in every town, there's a couple of farmers who still own farmland up on the hills, and then they have their apple trees, or they, you know, grow whatever crop and sell it and whatever. And then you know, one of the villages had. Historically, up until Kodak folded a couple of years ago, they had one of the largest Kodak factories in Europe. It's this village of maybe a thousand people, but they were producing whatever, 20,000 cameras a day uh, because Germany has this infrastructure where you can have like industry in a small town. Yeah. In a way that you like, you get that a little bit in North America, but not in the same way where you can like get raw materials in and raw materials out. And there's like things move around really, really well. And that's a really big part of the South. Yeah, and that's that's kind of this idea of the South, where the geography of these hills and valleys and hills and valleys and hills and valleys, and you have the towns and the valleys and farmland up on the hills, uh, that encourages people, like, it, it discourages urbanization, right? Because you can't build a city, like, when you do have cities, like Stuttgart is a city of several million people, but it's broken into hills and valleys and hills and valleys and hills and valleys. And so like in the middle of the city, you can look up onto the hill and see uh, like vineyards because it is also a very warm wine producing part of the country, which is pretty cool. It's a very, very beautiful city, very industrial. That's where like the automobile was invented. It's still a big center of the automobile industry, but very beautiful. Kind of looks like Paris, but in the mountains. Yeah. You, you get that a lot in this part of Germany where people are both very tied into their region and the regional produce yeah. and the regional traditions and also have jobs in the automobile sector or uh, the renewable energy sector or these yeah. like cutting edge, these cutting edge industries. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is also the, so it's the yeah. center of the German audio industry. It's also uh, the heartland of the German green movement, right? This is where the green party gets most of their votes. So it, well, it's this kind is of... where the green party has begun to get their votes actually. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. because they have made it look economically viable to go green. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. all yeah. of this the... is context for the maple. All this is context for oh, and the, the one other context thing is it's a place where people feel their family connections really, really deeply. Right. And like, the whole village lifestyle where, you know, there's people around all the time, which is good and it's bad. You feel like you're being watched and you feel like you've known people these whole lives, but like, yeah, right. The pros and the cons, you're looking out for each other, but you're also watching each other. Um, and so in this context, yes, my cousins are like, oh, oh yes, I guess there is a my bulb. Oh yeah. Well, of course we're going to go on Monday and do the May festivities. The May festivities are a hike up one of these mountains which everybody assures us is only going to take oh an hour maximum, like 20 minutes to the top from here. Definitely 20 minutes. It was a six-hour hike. It was very beautiful, right? It's this farmland in these mountains, and there's trees in certain areas where people are growing, you know, like growing trees, like little bits of uh, managed woodland for, for lumber and 
yeah, really, really beautiful, but at least big, long hike in the sun. And then we get to the top and it's this little chalet kind of thing that is managed by a local men's club, right? Because, you know, this is what you do. You have your club that you participate in and you support something and there is beer from the local brewery and somebody's got a barbecue going. So you buy your very good meat on a very good bun and have a very good beer on top of a mountain and the kids run around and there's an oompa band that's driven up and they're not well it's not exactly oompa because it's not bavaria but it's like a brass band yeah 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 and and the brass band is also and the brass band is also one of these clubs right and so like the and the sausage is priced so that it, they're just breaking even exactly. and able to pay their exactly club yeah it's a little bit of a fundraiser but it's not a commercial venture or whatever yeah so it's like it's affordable and it's very tasty and there's something for the kids to eat and something for the kids to drink it's all these germans in their purpose ordered special hiking gear because they've just had a hike so you have to have the clothes to go for the hike and so that's part of the ritual listen there's no such thing as bad weather only bad clothing so if you have the right clothing this is true your hike will be easy, even this if it's six hours. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, yeah, and, and it was. It was a really lovely hike. Um, so, so that's the beginning of the ritual. Is every like it's not everybody in the village, but maybe like a, a third of the village comes up for this. Like it's it's like a big big group of people, right? It's like a really significant proportion of the townsfolk are here. And then we walk down the hill, and we have you know, a slightly shorter walk down that side of the mountain. And then we get to the fire hall where the exact same thing is happening, where you can buy the same beer and the same sausages, except the firemen, the firemen make good schnitzel. So you get a schnitzel there on a bin. Yeah. This time it's the volunteer fire brigade. Yeah, exactly. So it's the volunteer fire brigade, which is also one of these clubs, but it's really important because uh, all of these small towns have their own volunteer fire brigades, but this is part of the whole infrastructure thing because they are responsible for that stretch of highway, right? And so they they get a lot of work. They're busy all the time because people are crashing on these autobahns where you go really, really fast and are these major arteries for trade and like do this really important work in the country. Um, so you have to have a group of people in every small town. And then also there's like a junior fire brigade and they're running a bunch of like games for the other kids where you can like use a fire hose to blow over a target or whatever oh and and there's a i hadn't realized this and this seems kind of silly to me but uh for the teenagers this is like halloween it's a night where you do pranks right so there was some stuff that was covered in toilet paper and whatever and then the teenagers were also had gotten a hold of like a farm trailer and hooked it to the back of a tractor and covered it in hail bales and were blasting uh, schlager music and dancing, which was very sweet. They were very, very, very drunk, very, very drunk, like 16 year olds uh, out in public with their parents, which is perfectly legal. This is this is their God given right as young German children. Um, but get, can you explain what schlager is? This is a part of German culture that I, I just don't get. It's a kind of pop music. The word Schlager means beater. It comes from, it's a pretty direct translation of the American, North American. Yeah, English right. So like hit. these musical hits, right? Yeah, like on the hit parade. And these are cheesy yeah. pop music, often with an orchestra supporting. Not always, Not but always. like often. You're, uh, I, this is something I was going to bring up too. It's also kind of like kind of like that old style orchestral pop that just didn't really go away and has now kind of incorporated some 
some uh, electronic whatever yeah. like west or like north american pop culture influences a little bit it's unbelievably schmaltzy and a lot of them but but there's a canon yeah, yeah, of, of schlager hits there are a couple of these songs you put them on at a wedding yeah. i'm hitting the dance floor yeah. like drink in hand one shoe off one shoe on yeah. i am on the dance floor screaming along with every single yeah. one of my aunties and every single one of my cousins and everyone so it's else like a whole genre party. of like sweet caroline yeah it's like if sweet caroline were 50 right. times schmaltzier uh and with like a really maudlin orchestral yeah. arrangement yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway this is what teenagers dance to in small it's like a throwback if you had stayed later, it probably would have seen some of those teenagers' parents getting onto the dance floor for the schlagers. Anyway, so so this was at what happened on May Day proper. And as I'm talking to you, I'm remembering that the May pole, the May Baum, the May tree, actually went up the night before in preparation for May Day. But we were there as well. So the tree is super fascinating. Um, it also uh, involves the brass band. This is my first introduction to the brass band because the brass band was playing as the tree was being raised by the volunteer fire brigade. They were like, it took them half an hour to raise it because it was this big, heavy pole. But it kind of looks like a totem pole or a crest pole from, you know, the Northwest coast here uh, where we are now. Because the way, the way I think of a maypole is like that British or like Scandinavian, like the pole goes up and there's like yeah. bunting on it. Oh, and there's like ribbons and you skip yeah. around the no, pole no, no. with the it's, ribbons. It's, it's not at all whatever. like that, right? So that's, I guess, what the British did or do. Um, but that's not not at all what this was. It was, so this is what I found super interesting is it still is kind of Labor Day. So it was this tree and then they had steel um, crossbars kind of uh, stuck through it at the top. And from those steel crossbars, they hung, well, right in the center is the crest for the town but then also the crest for all of the professional organizations in town. So the firefighters had a spot there and the bakers and whatever, and whatever, whatever, whatever. So it is still like honoring these various trades. And again, this was a thing that happened on a Sunday night for two hours. And there you could get a very good beer and a very good sausage on a bun. Now I did get those things, but it was also like more than half of the town was there, right? It was hundreds of people. I have a follow-up question about the poll itself, because for me, the idea of a maypole has like pagan vibes and the south of germany for me does not have pagan vibes the south yeah. of germany is largely catholic the part of germany i grew up in was sort of chilly yeah. and vaguely protestant so for me the level of public christianity in the south has always felt very visible and a little bit overwhelming at times and so what's up with the maypole that is it some kind of like pagan holdout it, it feels kind of like 10% pagan. So I, I did a little bit of research about this. And these German uh, maypoles are attested back to the 16th century. So like the 1500s, at which point this part of Germany had been Christian for a thousand years, right? Yeah. I don't think it's like a direct like, well, this was a like a pre-Christian Germanic thing that survived. But it is definitely folkloric. Like this is this is a... This is an episode of the show where we're leaning into the folklore side of the mandate more than the history side of the mandate, right? Yeah. And it was interesting the way that people were there and they were present and they were participating and they thought it was important to be there. But also, like, 
when the mayor got up to give a speech, people only kind of listened. It wasn't like, well, this is important and we have to listen. I spent most of the Maypole uh, raising ceremony chasing around after my three-year-old cousin, uh, my cousin's kid, uh, because he was scooting around on his little bicycle and he really wanted to communicate to me that he was der schnellste, the fastest. Ich bin der schnellste. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And so I had to zoom around after him. But we were zooming around. So the, the, the matri was being raised in the little, little tiny like plaza uh, in front of town hall. And we were across the busy street in the cul-de-sac where the brewery is. And so he was like careening on his little bicycle past the stacked piles of beer bottles that were going to get washed and reused. And so like, and that feels like totally an appropriate way to interact with this event, right? Where it was like, yeah, people were going out and getting more food and coming back. And some people were like, oh, yeah, I just need to go home for a second and popped home for something and came back or like, actually, I can't stay for the whole thing or whatever. And having a conversation, you know, meeting people that they hadn't seen for a while. um, Yeah, I... It just feels to me like we build up May Day and the Maypole as like this big ritual occasion, like sometimes with sacrifice question mark. When in practice, what you saw is like it's not a ritual in the sense that somebody says the words and does the action, but in that everyone gathers in this place at this time and has their sausage and their beer from the volunteer fire brigade and talks to their neighbors. Exactly. And I, I, I think the other thing that point i wanted to make is that from a north american perspective i think we often think about these sorts of things in europe in the old country as being really significant right as like well there's all of these sort of cultural things that are loaded with significance or like in in the sort of circles that we run in historians and folklorists where we just we want these things to be more significant you know I, i was there with all of my siblings as well as my parents and my brother uh, who's a couple years younger than me, so mid twenties? He really wanted to be doing family history. This is like in, in the past couple or year or so, he's gotten really into the idea of doing family history. And I've I've worked in genealogy yeah. and family history stuff before professionally because yeah. I think there's a there's a big demand for North Americans, especially North Americans of European descent, who want to bridge the gap of immigration, who want to trace their family back past this break of somebody getting in a boat and sailing over the Atlantic 100 years ago. Or in your family's case, your father getting on a plane. Yeah, 40 years ago, right? Yeah, Yeah. and landing in Calgary Airport and uh, being very anxious that somebody was going to ask him to speak French, which he did not do. Yeah, it feels like it was as important as it needed to be for the people actually participating in it. Right, exactly. So I and I feel like for the people who want to be bridging this gap, there, there, there's there's a lot of cultural impulses in sort of historical circles or historically minded circles in North America, especially for people who have European descent, where they want the things that are happening in the old country to be these huge and significant things. They want a kind of authentic old country experience when like the authentic old country experience is the teenagers are drunk and they're dancing to Schlager. And throwing toilet paper all over the place. The mayor has to shout to be heard over that. Exactly. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, the mayor, he always speaks for too long, right? Like, this is his thing. He's good at his job. We elect him and whatever. But he just likes to go on. With this break of the immigration moment and, 
you know, this migration across the Atlantic, people want these things on the outside of the Atlantic to be more significant to the people there or to, to carry some sort of bigger meaning. And they do. They do serve some sort of function within the community of community cohesion. And this is a way that you know your neighbors. And that's one of the, the things about living in these small towns is that you have these really close connections to the people you live with or live near. Um, but they're not mystical or significant in any sort of huge folkloric way it's a small thing that you do every year people put the effort in to honor the workers and to mark the passage of time and to bring the community together it's not more significant than that right but in some ways that's actually i think what a lot of our rituals are about so it's nice to see one that's kind of been stripped back to just that i found it to be you know even though i spent the maypole raising part of time chasing around with a three-year-old i found it to be uh kind of moving and how not moving it was you know it was it was just a really lovely way to spend some time with my family which is all that it needs to be thank you for telling me about this interesting custom that i didn't grow up with is there anything else that the listeners should know before we sign off Yes, they should know that they can support Baba Yaga on Patreon at The Baba Yaga Project. Uh, Exciting things are happening there. So if you can swing it, support us on Patreon and stay tuned. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at The Baba Yaga Project. Uh, Sonia has been really killing it at TikTok. And uh, otherwise, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell them about our little show. Yeah, yeah. We always appreciate some word of mouth recommendations. We are still planning a, kind of a more substantial season to start over the summer. So keep an eye out for Good that. things are coming. Yay. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking a break. Bye. Bye.